It might seem pretty obvious to start a preaching series about now called How to Live When the World is Upside Down. But actually, we've been planning this series for about a year now because Christians are called to follow Jesus and to seek his kingdom. And that actually often means living in a radically different way to the world around us. And so whether we're living through times of pandemic or what we would consider to be normal life, Christians always live with a sense of things are not as they should be. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah is an amazing example to us of how to do this. Uh, His job was to say and to show the ways of God to a people who had very little interest in hearing what he had to say and obeying God. The only time they really gave him any attention was when they got angry with him. And he had to do all of this at a time of international and local chaos. And so Jeremiah has a lot to teach us about how to live in these days, uh, but any days. And so that's why we're going to be looking at uh, his book and his story over the coming weeks. And as we look to him, we should be reminded of Jesus, the ultimate prophet, the ultimate revelation of who God is, but also the one who is coming back to make everything as it ought to be. Jeremiah was born in a village that was about an hour's walk north of Jerusalem, which was the capital of the the land that God had given his people. And we don't know much about the dreams and the plans that he grew up with, because when he was a young man, God suddenly revealed to him what his life was all about. And that's what we're going to read today as we start the book of Jeremiah, right at the beginning, verse 1, chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you've seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I'm calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come and every one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for their evil in forsaking me. They've made offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. But you dress yourself for work, arise and say to them everything that I command you. 
Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word that it speaks to us at all times and in the particular moment in which we find ourselves. And we want to ask you, Holy Spirit, uh, that you would now come and work in me, that I would say what you want me to say, and that you would work in every person watching and listening to this message, that they would meet with you, that they would hear from you, and that they would respond to you as you want them to. Amen. Amen. Well, this story starts with uh, Jeremiah experiencing the sovereignty of God. And when we say sovereignty, we we don't mean authority in the way that our governments have them, uh, which is that they have some degree of influence for a time. No, instead, God's sovereignty means that he has all knowledge and he has all power. God knows all things. Theologians call this omniscience. He knows the next thing I'm going to say. He knows the next thing you're going to think. He knows the next thing that every person in the whole world is going to do. And he knew all about Jeremiah. And he told Jeremiah that not only was he aware of him before he was born, but that he had made plans for Jeremiah to fulfil. So God knows all things. God's also able to do all things. We call this omnipotence. He created everything and he is sustaining it all. He holds the mountains together and he raises the dead to new life. And he made a timid young man into a mighty prophet who obeyed him and defied his enemies for 40 years. I want us to spend our time today looking at how Jeremiah lived in this sovereignty of God and how we can do too. We're going to look at three things. They all begin with C. We'll look at God being the source of our confidence. We'll look at how God gives us clarity about what he wants us to do. And then we'll finish with understanding our need to commit to him and his amazing commitment to us. So firstly, confidence. Jeremiah does not seem to have been a naturally confident person. And yet he became someone who put kings in their place and and endured hardship for decades. Well, what caused this transformation? Well, it begins with what we've just read. When God said to him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah's calling, Jeremiah's career, Jeremiah's life was not his idea, it was God's idea. And this was the root of his confidence. He was not making this up, he was obeying his sovereign God. Now this wasn't just for special cases like Jeremiah. Think, Well, he's got a whole book of the Bible to write, of course God's going to deal with him specially. But actually the Bible makes it clear that God's sovereignty, his knowledge and his power applies to all people. Psalm 139 says, For you formed me, God. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. These words are in the Bible for everyone. Whether you were a much longed for child or an unexpected inconvenience. 
Moreover, Christians are told that they were in the mind of God before he created anything. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 5 tells us that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So our lives are not dependent on us. Our stories are not autobiographies. Our confidence should not be in ourselves, but in God. So let me ask you today, Where is your confidence? Right now, what are you confident in? Who are you trusting in? What are you hoping for? Why should we be confident in God? Well, we should be confident in God because of who he is. And we learn who he is through what he's done. That was Jeremiah's experience. Even as he gave Jeremiah this frighteningly hard calling, God says to him twice in verses 8 and 19, I am with you to deliver you. Now, this word deliver had a long history with God's people. It was the word that God used when he spoke to them, when they were slaves in Egypt, all the way back in the book of Exodus. And God said, I'm going to take you out of here. Exodus 6, verse 6 says, I'm the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. He had done that. And so because he had done that when he promised, they could believe him for anything else that he promised he would do. Now, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you have have experienced an even greater deliverance than this. You have been set free from the powers and the slavery of sin and death. Jesus has done this for you. And if he can do that, what can't he do? God's sovereignty also makes our inadequacy irrelevant. Jeremiah wasn't supposed to come up with some clever things to say. Instead, God said to him, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. And he wasn't to trust in his own strength. God says to him, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls. God gives us the strength we need. Now, of course, living this way is still difficult. We are faced with uncertainty. Have we understood rightly what God's calling us to do? What will happen when we obey him? What will happen in the world around us? But this is what the life of faith looks like. It's trusting God before you can see the results. It's acknowledging your weakness and relying on God's strength. It's believing that he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will work in us too. So we're to be confident in this sovereign God. The second thing I want us to see is that we're to have clarity. It seems at the moment that most people are in one of two uh, camps. You are either uh, kind of frustrated because you're not able to do most of the things that you usually do, or you have far too much to do and you're feeling fairly overwhelmed. 
I am definitely in the second camp. Uh, I'm really feeling frazzled. Uh, One of the things I'm noticing is that because there are so many calls on me, so many different things that I need to do, I'm not trying to do them well. I'm just trying to get them done. I'm just hoping uh, that there is enough time and I will be able uh, to do it all. I'm feeling stretched in all sorts of different directions. And some of that can be good. But one of the things I'm experiencing in the midst of that is a loss of focus on what God has particularly called me to do. Now, I think that's partly what's happening because of what's going on at the moment. But actually, we can lose our focus at any time. And as I was reading uh, this passage and I was thinking about what to say today, I, I noticed in God's call of Jeremiah a particularity that I think God wants us to engage with right now. God says to him, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. He gave him a very specific job description. There were many things that Jeremiah could have done for God. And there were maybe many things that he wanted to do. But God gave him this specific task. And because he had said yes to God, he had to say no to a whole load of other things, even when they were good ideas. There are many things that Christians and Christian churches can and should do. But God does not call us to do everything. Rather, he calls each of us to do particular things, which he then brings together into his kingdom. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that we are all parts in one body. So you can't do all of the things, but when you do your thing, the body can do all of the things. Each of us has a unique contribution to make. And we need to focus on that. And I think that this story of Jeremiah reminds us of that. And God wants to give us clarity today. I want to speak uh, firstly directly to you. If you're one of our youth, uh, if you're uh, in high school uh, right now, or at least you're supposed to be, I want to ask you, what's the one thing you think you want to do with your life? And more specifically, and more importantly, what is the one thing that you feel God is telling you to do with your life? Maybe you've never thought of that before. Well, now is a great time to think about it. Almost certainly Jeremiah was about your age when God came into his life and gave him this clarity and revealed to him what he had been made to do. So I want to encourage you to ask God, what is that one thing? Now, if you're a bit older uh, than that, Uh, This may seem like a question that's no longer relevant to you. Uh, You've made many of your major life choices or they've been made for you. And that is partly how we come to clarity. We have things in front of us that need to be done uh, and so we do them. And for many of us that will mean that we've got multiple responsibilities. But I believe that that this is a moment in which God is going to give you gifts of faith for the particular thing that he has called you to do and that he's called you to be. We're going to pray for that in just a moment. I'm going to ask God to speak to you. This may, uh, it may come as a reminder to you. God may say, hey, that thing I spoke to you about before, it's still true. And you need to focus in on it again. Or it might be a new revelation to you. You've never heard God speak to you in this way. Or it's a new chapter and God's saying a new thing. Even in this time of frustration and chaos, whether you feel like you've not got enough to do or you've got far too much to do, I want to ask God to speak to you right now with a word of clarity. 
I'm going to pray and then I'm going to read that phrase that God spoke to Jeremiah and believe that he will, he will finish it uh, for each of you in a way that he wants to. Lord God, Holy Spirit, right now, would you speak to everyone who is attentively listening to you, who wants to follow you, who wants to know what you are calling them to do. Lord, would you give clarity right now to every heart that asks. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, and we're going to believe that God will finish this uh, sentence in many different ways. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a... Lord, fill that gap. Fill in that gap right now for many people. I want to encourage you to pray about this, to keep seeking God for the answer, for the completion of that sentence for you. Speak with God, speak with other Christians. Uh, in your small group gatherings this week, talk about this, talk it through. You, it, it may be a dramatic moment. It's often that dramatic moments are then worked out in very ordinary day-to-day, daily life. And we'll look at that in a moment. Uh, but I want to encourage you to believe God for what he speaks to you about, for what he gives you clarity on, even when it seems unlikely. And that leads us to our last point. We've talked about having confidence. We've talked about getting clarity. And now we're going to finish by looking at the need for commitment. I expect most of us, when we're thinking about God giving us a call, we would like something uh, that we would like. And we would like uh, for it to be fulfilling. And we would like to be excited by it. And that may be what happens. But how about this for a job description? Tear down what others have been building. Appeal to those who have ignored God for centuries. Challenge the vested interests in a corrupt society. And by the way, they won't listen. God will send the destruction that he's uh, calling you to tell them all about. And you will have to live through the horrors of that yourself. And added to all of this, the introduction to Jeremiah's book tells us uh, that his prophetic career lasted at least 40 years. That was the clarity God gave him. This gives us a bit of context for our current UK situation of being in lockdown for at least a few more weeks. The calling Jesus gave to every Christian in Matthew 16 is that we are to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. That is a painful thing to do. And yet the outcome that's promised is this. Jesus says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I've recently started calling this Christian realism. It's here, it's right there in Jeremiah 1, uh, chapter 19. God says, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. It's in Psalm 34, uh, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We are not promised a pain-free life. We are not promised that this pandemic won't touch us. Instead, we are promised that we will be given grace to persevere through whatever comes our way. 
Jeremiah experienced this this life-giving grace through his relationship with God. You can read through the book the conversations they had. You can see his honesty when he's despairing, uh, when he's desperate. He experienced uh, many of the emotions that we are feeling at the moment and that we will continue to feel in this upside down world, whatever happens to this, uh, with, with this pandemic. But as he stayed committed to God and to obeying God, God gave him strength and grew him. He learned to trust God day by day, one obedient choice at a time. And that's how we're to do this too. Today, we trust and obey. We love God and we love our neighbour. We read his word and we speak with him. We do what he's called us particularly to do. And tomorrow, we do it all again. And as days become decades, we realise that he has kept us, that his commitment to us is even greater than our commitment to him. Life is pretty crazy. It does feel like the world is upside down. But God is sovereign. He is the source of our confidence. His knowledge and his power are what we need. He gives us clarity about what he wants us to do for him. And as we commit ourselves to him, we will discover his amazing commitment to us. Let's thank him for these truths and then let's ask him to do these things in our lives and then we will sing about our trust in him. Lord God, we thank you that you're sovereign. We thank you that you know all things and can do all things and that you knew us before time began and that you raised your son from death to life that we might be yours. And now you call us to have confidence in you and you call us uh, to specific works that you need us and want us to do. And now you tell us to commit to you as you're committed to us. Oh Lord God, give us the grace for all of these things. Thank you that you love to answer these prayers. Please do so for your son's great name and your glory. Amen. God bless you.